Welcome everyone to today's podcast episode. You're listening to the Home Design Podcast. My name is Adam Case, your host, and we aim to educate, inspire, and connect South Florida with the industry authorities within their trade. Today, we have one of the coolest guests where we're gonna be discussing live edge furniture and sustainable living, all with the ultimate creator, PJ Fetcher of The Evolution of Tables. PJ. Hey, man. How's it going? <laughs> this is awesome. I, I love having you here. I mean, you know, everything that I see you do and it just inspiration on every level. Well, thank you. Thank Absolutely. You. Thank Absolutely. You well, thank you for being here. But, you know, this is all about you and what you do and where you started and where you are and your perspective. But, you know, I want our listeners to take, and I don't do this often, but I think it will make a whole lot more sense for anyone that's listening to this, pull out your phone, open up Instagram and search <laughs> PJ underscore Fetcher. And that is F-E-T-S-C-H-E-R. I'm going to give you nice. a minute, pull it up, open it up, browse through, but hit that follow button because this guy's inspiring. But, you know, so I want to get into first, who is PJ? <laughs> <laughs> Who am I? Yes. Well, uh, I do enjoy uh, candlelit dinners and long walks on the beach. <laughs> you too? Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> well, uh, no, seriously, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a high school teacher. I, um, I started out just uh, doing woodworking on the side, and um, it kind of turned into, you know, it's a hobby that got out of control. You know, um, I started by building my own personal table for me and my wife when we first moved into our, our, our first home. And... Um, it's it's kind of snowballed into just making table after table. I sold that first table that I made. Um, I started just advertising locally. I like to keep everything local, just talking about things on Craigslist, on OfferUp, on uh, Instagram. And it's really just uh, the tables become more complex as we go along. I bought myself a sawmill. So I'm, I'm not just any sawmill. It's it's the Lucas, the, the <laughs> Lucas sawmill. It's it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty cool sawmill, and I'm lucky to be one of the few in South Florida that have it. Um, in talking about that, yeah, because I remember how you explained it to me the first time I saw it, and the purpose of these sawmills. Yes, let's let's talk about that yeah. so people understand that they can kind of grasp what a sawmill is. What is Lucas sawmill? So this this Lucas sawmill is it, it's built in Australia. And it's actually designed to be able to be broken down into small pieces and taken into the jungle and set up around a fallen tree. You know, like in places in the world where there might not be, uh, you know, adequate equipment to, to pull that log out of the forest to bring it to a mill, you know, if it's really difficult to get to. So they invented this mill to be able to uh, set up around the log, mill the log there in place and be able to retrieve the lumber from that log, pull it out of the jungle, you know, to a more manageable area, I guess. So the advantage of having something like that here in South Florida is, you know, sometimes people have huge trees in their backyards. And the only way to get that tree to the front yard would be either to hire like a huge crane, which is, you know, 409 between 400 and a thousand dollars a day to get a crane that size to get a huge log out of the backyard i can go in and set up my sawmill on top of that log in someone's backyard make a little bit of noise for a couple hours and make a big pile of sawdust but the slabs that you get out of it are amazing you know they're like the stuff you can't really buy right except for me you know <laughs> exactly <laughs> um you know and 
it, it's sentimental too because you might have had you know however long you've lived in that home you know maybe your kids grew up around that tree and you know it, had, it got struck by lightning or or it came down in a hurricane or something like that and um you know you're able to repurpose that tree and make it your dining room table or some shelves in your house or a coffee table or or chairs or a bench whatever you know any any flat surface really any anything you can make out of wood absolutely and that and that's what's so inspiring because you know when when we're talking about this and what you do um you know i i want to i want to read something i saw your post today and i think it speaks very true to like to what you do and it inspired me um but i just want to share so literally you take material that was on its way to a landfill yeah and you just create yeah so i just want to read this since my early days in school I'd be left with materials that no one else wanted the gross candy or pick last for teams based on my lack of popularity, except for kickball, because you always wear boots. And those do <laughs> yeah. come in handy when it comes to kickball. Yeah, steel toe boots. <laughs> As an adult, you intentionally pick the materials. I know nobody else will want to make them into something they'll probably ask about. And that's what's so inspiring and really struck me when I saw that today. And I was like, that is the foundation of what we're going to talk about, because that's what you do. Like you literally and and you take to your point to what you said, like somebody might have a tree that got damaged and, and it's no longer safe to have in their backyard or front yard. But the memories don't need to die there, you know. So, um, you know, talking about, you know, inspiration, um, I want to go back to the foundation of what I feel is your inspiration and what you do every single day. You're inspiring kids. That's true. So, um, at least I try to, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, what does it mean to you? I mean, I, I became a teacher because I wanted to do that. You know, um, as soon as I graduated high school, I started coaching football really like at, at the high school, well, the high school that I was at was different than the high school that I went to. That's a long story, but I started coaching (laughs) football right after I graduated because I enjoyed you know, they, they say those who can't do teach kind yeah. of thing, you know. So basically, I didn't have such a great experience playing football in high school. We went the three years that I played, we went 0 and 30. Oh, wow. Right. So we didn't yeah. win. I don't know what it's like to win <laughs> a varsity high school football game. We won some on JV, but right, right, right. Know, high school football, no, 0 and 30. And um, I kind of vowed to give some other kids. A, a better experience than I had. Right. You know what I mean? Like I had a bad time. I want to make sure they have fun, you know, cause yeah. it's, it, you, you know, kind of like knowing, knowing how it is to, um, to not have fun kind of makes you motivated to let other people have fun. <laughs> I don't right. know if that makes, if yeah, makes 100%. Sense, you know, like, absolutely. Um, I mean, they so, say that obviously you learn more from losing than winning. It's easy to, <laughs> you know, I mean, that, the, yeah. there's a lot of lessons you learn and being able to overcome that and keep coming out every single day yeah. is a battle in itself that, you know, the, there's more teaching from that than anything. That's for sure. Um, so then I kind of parlayed that um, football coaching experience into teaching, you know, right. like I, as I was coaching football, I obviously went to college and, and got my degree in education and, um, you know, I've been a teacher for 13 years now and I always, I still feel the same way as the first year. You know, they say the teachers go through, you know, like the five year hump, you know, if you can right. get past five years, you're in it forever. And then the 10 year slump, you know, <laughs> you start thinking, Oh my God, what did I do with my life? I can't stand this anymore. That kind of thing. I've, I've really felt the same way about teaching since I started. 
That's amazing. You know, I didn't, I try not to listen to any of those, um, you know, old wives tales or anything like that, that, that you hear in the, in the lunchroom or not the lunchroom, the, uh, the teacher's lounge. Right. I don't ever go in the teacher's lounge ever. I eat lunch sitting next to my table saw in, right. in the shop, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I absolutely. Stay, I stay, I, I rather socialize and get to know and build relationships with my students right. rather than the other teachers. Right. You know, um, no offense to them, but yeah, I feel like the kids, I learn more from the kids than I do from my fellow teachers. You know? Absolutely. So I, I, daily I'm trying to make sure that they have a good time. Um, you know, my shop class at school, we, I try to teach them as much as I can by showing them, you know, so we'll do some unconventional wood shop stuff like, you know, turning bowls and, yeah. you know, have, letting the kids use the sawmill, come bring the sawmill and set it up at school and let them cut their own slabs um, and stuff like that. You know? No, without a doubt, because, you know, what I see every day and, you know, what you're doing with your students and the type of project that, that they're doing, it's not the typical wood shop class that I was, that I grew up to know, you know, I mean, we were talking about this earlier. I mean, it's something that, and it takes a lot for an individual, you know, to go beyond just like, okay, here's the standard procedure. These are the standard things that every single wood shop does, but no, you're, you're turning bowls, you're, you're building, you're cutting slabs. I mean, these kids are actually, you know, taking a lot and able to find passion within what you're yes. teaching them. Yes. I, I have, um, a monthly meeting, Again, no disrespect to my colleagues, but I have a monthly meeting with other shop programs in the air in the county, and I'm just kind of sitting there. It's a Zoom call or a right. Teams call, and I'm just sitting there listening. I don't really say much. I'm listening to all these other teachers talk about how um, you know they wait six weeks before they let a kid use this certain tool, or they are they this certain this birdhouse project is supposed to take all of the first quarter, and I'm right. like do that birdhouse in one class period like why are you stretching it out right i understand the materials are, are tough to come by right but that's where i have the advantage with the sawmill i'm making my own material you know like all the bowls all the stuff all the tables that the kids make are stuff from locally fallen trees and they cut on the sawmill themselves so it's it's um it's pretty cool i that, just no it's amazing it's amazing. And, you know, talking about what you're, what you're doing, um, you know, obviously in the class, in your own shop, you know, I mean, I saw that shop. I mean, you have a lot going on there, you know, let, let's, let's paint a quick picture so people can understand the shop, you know, it's okay. at your house. It's at me. Yeah, it's at my house. I mean, it's a big shop and you have a lot of material and yeah. saws and everything else. <laughs> um, so my, my email address, just to give you an idea of like, you know, the psyche behind PJ. My email address is very heavy tables at gmail.com. Right. Right? <laughs> so I, I kind of like everything heavy duty. Whenever I'm like researching a new tool to buy, I literally Google like what's the biggest version of the circular saw that I can <laughs> find, you know? So, and I found it. It's a 16 inch blade. It's a big circular saw called a beam saw. And I'm like, well, instead of buying, you know, one that you could find at Home Depot for 150 bucks, why don't I, you know, I, I spent 300 and I found this huge one on eBay and then like, right. then there's nothing that can stop me, you know? <laughs> so I, I like to do, I like to overdo a lot of things. Um, I overbuild every, t you know, every table that I build, uh, I have to call for help to deliver it because right. it's, they're all heavy. They're huge and, and like, you know, bulky. Um, well, not bulky, depending on the design, whatever, right, but right. they're heavy. Yeah, regardless. absolutely. Um, in, in, uh, in my shop too. It's just like, you know, I have every tool imaginable 
Uh, the shop is it's about a thousand square feet. We live on like half an acre in Davy. Um, the sawmill is like the best that I could find, the best version of a sawmill that I could find. After a ton of research, um, the crane truck. You know, I got to right. drive. I bought a crane truck so that I could be efficient in retrieving logs. Because with that type of thing, you have to really strike while the iron's hot. Right. Um, you really need to. Uh, you know, if a tree comes down, the tree company doesn't want to wait for you to to set up a mill and and do this and that unless you have an agreement with the homeowner. But um, if some of my friends or my former students will call me and tell me, "Hey, there's a tree coming down," I'm like there right right away i'd hop in the crane and i'm i'm there on site and i take the whole log as one piece so if you come to my shop if anyone comes to visit to talk about a project you'll see a bunch of logs right. <laughs> laying around you'll see a bunch of stacks of of slabs that are already milled up you see a bunch of tools uh packed into a shop and usually one or two projects going on in the middle of the floor right you know and then you look over to the to the left and you see um you know, my kids playing in the pool right there. <laughs> and that's what's awesome. Yeah. And you incorporate your kids in what you do. I try you know, to, yeah. yeah. I mean, we see your daughter, you know, yeah. pull, putting <laughs> stories up on Instagram and yeah. uh, telling her story and her perspective of what you're doing, which yeah. is, you know, it's awesome. It's awesome that you in, you have your kids inspired and part of it. That's true. That's that's a, an unexpected point of view. Right. When I say, hey, Mila, you know, do it, you know, film me doing this or, or do a story, you know, do a commentary. What do you think is going on? And then I'm, I'm, I continue working and doing what I was doing before. And I'm listening to her explain it. And I'm right. like, oh, okay. Like, that's a, that's cute. You know, <laughs> that's, that's, awesome. a, that's, that's what she thinks I'm doing. That's, right. that's cute. No, it's awesome. It's awesome to see. But, okay, so talking about, you know, the process. Sure. You know, so, so the, you know, you work with, you know, obviously you cut your own slabs. You know, you find the trees, you, you know, friends people call you for it. Yeah. If somebody has a tree that was damaged, they can call you and they can turn this into something else. But you know, what is that process like? You know, let's walk through the steps of the beginning because okay. you know, evolution of tables, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot, there's a lot right there. Evolution means a lot of different things, but yeah. you know, um, let's dive into the process as sure. far as like somebody wants live edge furniture or they have a nuisance tree or yeah. damaged tree, whatever that might be. There's a couple different avenues to take let's say you're you know i go to your house you don't have any any big trees or any trees that are going to come down anytime soon but you're really interested in live edge furniture I'd say adam come on over pick a slab um if i don't have what you want here i've got plenty of, of friends in the area um that import from costa rica you know the, the guanacaste right. is pretty popular look nowadays because it's that that specific shade of brown um, and they're, and they're much bigger slabs than I could, you know, any tree that's in South Florida, there's not many huge trees here. So, you know, either stuff that I have in stock, local stuff that I've milled is there sitting for you to see. Um, again, if I don't have what, uh, you want, then I, I refer you to, um, you know, a friend of mine locally and I can either do the work that way or, uh, or he can, he can take over. If, um, if you've got a tree, I've got a couple clients right now that are actually, uh, they cut, they cut the trees down with the intention of having me mill them. Okay. Right? So I went to their house and I retrieved just the log and I milled everything to their specifications. If they wanted to be two inches thick, three inches thick, whatever. Um, and I bring the stack back to their house so that it can dry. 
Okay. Because that's a, that's another thing I want to talk about is right. moisture content, right? When a tree is first felled, when a tree is first cut down, it's um, it's wet. It's full. Every cell of that piece of wood has moisture in it, has right. water in it. Um, so I'll cut the tree and bring it back, and I'll tell them on f- that this is the bottleneck of the whole industry, really, of the whole like uh, live edge furniture business or or sawmilling business. It's going to take like two years, right? Maybe a year and a half or two years for these slabs to be dry enough to where I can start working with them. Um, because, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of people that, uh, that fall in love with the process that oh, have a chainsaw, you know, right. I have this, uh, Alaskan sawmill. I can do all this stuff. This is, this is totally something, you know, s- super rugged and I can do this. <laughs> and, um, they'll, they'll find one tree and they'll mill it and they want to use it right away. Right. You have to have patience, man. You have to, you have to be able to wait. Or you have to know somebody with a uh, what's called a drying kiln, which right. is just a huge oven that um, you know w- would be able to suck the moisture out of out of the wood. Um, so, so what if somebody works with it too early? What's the repercussion as ooh. far as what happens? Now, if if it's going to be an outdoor table, yep. I tell I tell my customers if uh, if it's an outdoor table, the moisture content still matters because wood likes to move as it dries right right? so if you the first day that you cut it it could be laser flat like this slab of granite that we're at right now it could be super flat right and then in as little as a week or two it starts losing moisture and wood starts to lose moisture at different rates at in different parts of the slab and uh, let's say the sun is beating on it from that side more so than this side and and so it's going to start to warp. It right. can either either cup. It'll look like a Pringle, basically. Right. If you leave it alone, and of course, depending on the species too, mahogany is really popular down here, and mahogany, luckily, is really stable. Like okay. so, so moisture content. Not that it doesn't matter, but it matters less with okay. mahogany. Right. So you've got a mahogany tree in your backyard. Um, I would feel comfortable with milling a slab, and you know, waiting three or four months sanding it and then hey use it as an outdoor table right right? it's going to move it's going to expand and contract it's going to warp a little bit but it's an outdoor table it's a patio table you know right okay it's it's all right if it develops a crack it's a piece of wood right you know exactly if if you really want me to i'll come i'll come back and put one of those cool little bow ties right in there uh so that the crack doesn't get any bigger and um and that's pretty much it but if you're going to do the the most popular thing we'll get into it now is the uh, the epoxy the right. river the yeah, river it's tables, incredible seeing and how that's evolved yeah, yeah it's it's gorgeous and there's a lot of people that do it the problem um with doing epoxy work with wet lumber <laughs> right obviously the the lumber's the wood's going to shrink and the epoxy doesn't shrink at all so you're going to run into some some issues with that so not that everybody's walking around with a moisture meter in their pocket, uh, but you should be if you are purchasing a slab from anyone, be me or or you know anyone in the area that runs their own sawmill, um, or if you're purchasing from out of state, if you want to have something right. shipped in a piece of walnut from California or something like that, ask the guy or or girl or whoever's selling it to you. Hey, can you? Give me a moisture reading right. in in multiple places because, like I said, like in in different areas on that same slab, close to the center, out on the edge, on the end grain, top, bottom, whatever, it could be a different reading. Could okay. be ten percent, which is where you want it. Seven to ten percent would be great. It could be like thirty five over here, and that's not good. Right. So just uh, buyer beware. You know. That's important because people would ha- they would have no idea 
the importance sure. of the moisture rating. And they're not cheap right. either. Like the right. slabs are, are pretty expensive, especially right. if you're shipping them. Absolutely. You've got a little bit of money invested in getting a slab to your house or, or to your woodworker friend or something like that. And it starts moving on you. Right. That's not, uh, that's not good. Right. And then, so talking about, um, you know, you brought up epoxy. We're seeing it everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's not just, you know, putting epoxy on a table and it's just going to sit there. Like there's a process to that. Yeah. And we're seeing it because, you know, and we, and, you know, through other podcasts that we've done and different things that, you know, we've been involved with, like biophilic design is so huge now. And, and, you know, obviously sustainability and, and, and you know, biophilic, biophilic yeah. design, isn't that, it made me uh, sound a little smarter, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I mean, it's, it's the use of nature and, you know, yeah. people love it and, and it's a part of every type of design. Doesn't matter if it's traditional, transitional, modern, you know, boho, whatever, you know, whatever style you're going sure. for, you know, wood is meant to be a part of every type of design. Um, it just might look a little bit different, but yes. epoxy has been a big player in that. And from colors to swirls and patterns and <laughs> everything else, I mean, it's crazy. And, and and watching what you've done from the beginning, I remember when you did the home show, yeah. you were doing a, a white epoxy table. And you're like, this is a pain because if any dust gets in this, like oh it's, yeah. So, yeah. but you know, let's talk a little bit about epoxy because that's something that people are shopping for. They see it in furniture showrooms. They see people, you know, custom making them, importing them. They yeah. see them on pictures. Like, you know, what should we know about that? Because, you know, obviously we, we know that the moisture reading is extremely important. Sure. Um, but, you know, about the epoxy, like, is every epoxy equal? Um, nine out of ten. <laughs> right. Nine out of ten epoxy manufacturers yeah. actually use the same oh, good. parent manufacturer. Okay. It's like just the same stuff in a different, <clears throat> excuse me, with a different label. Right. So, uh, so yes, m most epoxies are the same. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> um, but the, it, com it really comes down to, um, I hate calling myself an artist. Right. But it is kind of an art. Yeah. Right. Um, you can you can Google a, a, a epoxy table that you found on the Internet or, or send that picture to any one of the local people that do epoxy tables. And they're going to put their own interpretation on that. Right. You know, I've seen things. My pet peeve with epoxy tables is like a straight cut in the epoxy. I want all my straight cuts to be at the edge. Right. You know, absolutely. So like if I've got a piece like that white river table that yeah. you mentioned, it was like an inverse river. So the the log going down the center was like a vein in a, like, you know, like this countertop kind of just a vein going down the center and then white on either side. There were no visible straight cuts on that slab, just at the head of the table, at right. the, the end and the opposite end, right? Right. If there are some branches or things that came out of the slab and they had to get cut off, I would either like fake a live edge or make it look like it was broken kind of. Right. Or push the slab all the way to the edge and have that be the edge. Right. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, if, yeah. You know, absolutely. If, if I'm explaining it too well, but like I just, I hate seeing a random piece of wood with straight cuts on it thrown in the middle of an epoxy pool. Right. And we'll call it, call it good. Right. You know, like, yeah. It's, there's some, you know, have some finesse, like have, you know, make it flow, make it look like it's supposed to be there. Kind right. Of. And, and what in and, and using scraps and things like that, you know, what's really cool that I've seen used is, you know, even if it's two different pieces, mm -hmm. but you put the live edge on the inside and you square off the wood on the outside. And yes. that, you know, there's so many different things that, you know, people are doing. Yeah. 
you know, in yeah, this. It, you just have to f- kind of um, search for somebody that has a style that you like. Right. You know, I'm not going to say m- maybe there could be people listening right now that disagree with what I just said. Right. They actually like to see the straight cuts within the epoxy. OK, if that's your thing. I don't particularly want to do it. Right. Find somebody else to do it. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, when you're when you're shopping around, just like shopping for a GC. Exactly. You know, there's the someone same, out there thing. for everyone. There's got to be a good fit for you. Find yourself an artist that kind of agrees with the style that you want. And they're going to love the project. You know, it's going to be a, a more a smooth operation. It's going to be a seamless operation. Because right. if you're on that same wavelength as far as what you want and what they're capable of, you almost don't even have to say anything. Just, right. You've shown me that picture. Oh, yeah. Okay. Here. Check out my Instagram. I've done something just like that. What do you think of this? Right. I can recreate that. I have this slab, that slab, whatever to choose from. Let's let's put it in a mold and, and pour some epoxy on it. Right. So um, <clears throat> now there are, what was I going to say after that? Like uh, as far as um, other people that... What was sorry? What was your initial question? Sorry. Oh no, we were talking about how epoxy. You know, um, there's so many different variations of it that goes into the process yeah. of doing it. Knowing, you know, ultimately the buyer understanding more of the process, so they know what they're looking at. Okay, you'll see some um, some flack online, <clears throat> at least like in, in my small like woodworking community. You you have um, a school of thought where it's like, oh, you know, these epoxy tables are a flash in the pan, right? Uh, wait 10 years and they're all going to fall apart, blah, blah, blah. The wood moves. I'm like, well, that's why moisture content is important. Just pay attention to moisture content. You shouldn't have a problem. Um, and also they say that, um, it's just like cheating, you know, woodworkers, traditional woodworkers think it's like it's cheating, you know, epoxy is not really woodworking. (laughs) Okay. But let me ask you this. What the post that I made today, you take a, a piece of wood that nobody once nobody can obviously see that is useful for anything and you fill in the voids you figure out where it needs some help you know where it's got some soft spots or some holes you fill in those voids and then you turn it into a usable surface like what you're you're taking something that is basically trash right and turning it into a a usable piece of furniture in your home like how is that not a good thing right you know i think it's an awesome thing absolutely you know Epoxy definitely has its place in um, in woodworking, without a doubt. And talking about you know everything has ha- having its place. Um, and I want to talk about you know we've we've mentioned obviously live edge furniture and everything, but the evolution of tables. Um, you know, there's a I want to wh- where did that come from? What does it mean to you? Because you know we all can come up with a take, but yeah. Um, so like I said, my it's, it started as a hobby. I built uh, a table for me and my wife when we moved into our first house in Dania. And um, because the, the table that we had, the table that we moved in with, I literally found somebody had thrown it away. Right. Bulk trash. And I was like, oh, hey, we need a table. Right. I, like, <laughs> so I'm put it in the house. Um, and then I, I come in from cutting the grass one day and um, sit down at the table. My wife's, you know, had the TV on, whatever. I sit down. And I was drinking a glass iced tea and I, I put the glass iced tea on the table. It just sounded like the table was a quarter inch thick. It just sounded like the glass was going to fall through the table. Right. You know, and I'm like, man, this is a piece of junk. <laughs> I mean, I was like, I was inspired at that moment. That was the, the decision I made. I'm like, <clears throat> I know I can make a table. Like I just go, 
I went and bought some lumber at Home Depot. I had tools and I made a table. And we had friends come over and they're like, oh, wow, this is so awesome. You know, you, <laughs> I can't believe you made this table. I'm like, yeah, it was it's easy. It's, you know, no big deal. I'm never impressed by anything that I do. Like I'm, right. I'm a huge pessimist. <laughs> right. I, I don't, I'm never like, ah, whatever. It's no big deal. Um, so they're like, oh, wow, you should, uh, you should sell these. You know, you should make another one and, and try and sell it on, on Craigslist. Because I see people doing these farmhouse style tables on Craigslist and they're right. selling them. I'm like, no, nah, that's dumb. You know, <laughs> whatever. So then, you know, after that, after that little friendly gathering, I thought about it. I'm like, maybe, maybe I should. So I took that table. I didn't make another table. I, I took pictures of the table that I made for us and I posted it on Craigslist. And I think I said like 200 bucks. Right. You know, which I think it was more than that in lumber. Right. But I'm like, let me, let me just see. I didn't have any confidence about selling something that I made. So I was ah, 200 bucks. Sold the next day. <laughs> so then I turned around. They were driving after, away saying, yeah, sucker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. like, this guy's right. an idiot. Like, yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, and then I turn around, I come back inside, like, oops, you know, now we don't have a table. <laughs> right. Like, we got to break out the, the TV trays for tonight. Sorry, right. babe. Like, I got to make us another table. So I, like, start doing more research on table construction and, you know, more, uh, tr you know, woodworking type stuff. I start becoming a student of the process. And, um, you know, make another table, sold. Make another table, sold. I'm like, this is a lot of work. This, right. I yeah. gotta keep making us a new table like every week almost. Every two weeks I'm making a new table. And our friends kept coming over, like you know, Friday night gatherings, Saturday night gatherings. Like, PJ, every time we walk in here, you have a different table. It's like <laughs> the evolution of tables. Right. Like they're always they're always changing. That's awesome. <laughs> and I, I was I that, that I got goosebumps right now thinking about it. I remember that exact moment when my, my wife's friend said that. She's like, It's like the evolution of tables. I'm like, that's it. That's going to be my business name. Yeah. That's, that's it right there. That's, that's the name. And I never, never had a, a second thought right. about it. Like I've excuse me, going straight, you know, hundred miles an hour since then I started building two at a time then like, all right, I made us one to keep. <laughs> right. So if we did sell one, we wouldn't be without a table. Um, so the designs would change. People would bring me, uh, pictures of like West Elm stuff and pottery barn stuff that they wanted to copy. Um, and again, when I was first starting out, I'm charging, you know, three, four, maybe 500 bucks. If I made 500 bucks on a table, I was like, oh man, you know, I, right, absolutely. I'm making a killing. Yeah. And now, you know, the operation is much larger. Um, I don't have much overhead again, cause it's at my house, but I do have a lot of equipment to maintain, Right. you know, a truck, a bobcat, a sawmill, things are expensive. Right. Um, so obviously the price has gone up since, um, but Still, I'm not as nearly as expensive as some some people right. uh, that I see. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was that's the roots right there, man. That, yeah. that was how how it all started and snowballed. You know, I mean, literally talking evolution, talking roots. I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> play. Yeah, I mean, plays on words. Plays yeah. on words right there. I mean, because you know, evolution of trees. You know, it, sure. it's literally they serve their purpose. They fall, and there's a whole nother purpose as long as it falls yeah, into man. the right hands. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So, and that's, what's incredible. And it continues to go. And I love, I love how, you know, people, you know, I know growing up, I had a tree house in my backyard. It was a tree that, um, you know, the, it served its purpose, but you know, so we cut it at a certain point and built the tree house on top of it. And that was a support and, yeah. and everything, but people have memories with trees, um, oh, and being able to turn that into 
a product is incredible. And that turns into something that is essentially an heirloom because these types of products last forever. Sure. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Um, that's, um, that's kind of, that's kind of my thing. It's, it's, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm sentimental about, right. About trees, man. Like you have, um, you have, there's not, not many old trees down here. Not too many big, you know, three or 400 year old trees down here in South Florida. Right. Because of the hurricanes and things like that. Anything that gets too big and too top heavy every couple of years that we get a big storm, it comes down. Right. Um, but you go anywhere else in the country except the Midwest with the tornadoes and stuff. But like the, you know, any most, a lot of other places in the country have massive sycamore trees and massive walnut trees that, that, that are legitimate. Like they've seen the entire existence of the United States. Like right. they've seen since the beginning, they were civil war trees with like musket balls embedded in them from, from battlefields and stuff like that. They, um, there's, you know, a lot of generations. Um, I said this, this was my, fa- I made a, um, a buddy of mine did a YouTube documentary on the evolution tables and my, like my favorite quote, I didn't even realize when I said it, but after watching the video, I'm like, wow, that's a really good quote. PJ, you're not, you know, you're not bad. (laughs) And, uh, I'm like generations upon generations can have memories at the same tree. Right. Yep. So like you said, your, your, um, your tree house tree in the backyard, like it's probably a very, uh, solemn day when that, when that tree had to get cut. Um, cause you t- immediately like all, every memory that you've had in front of that tree kind of flashes before your eyes. Like, Oh man, you know, that, right. that poor tree, like it was a living thing and it was sharing all those moments with me. And now it's, you know, a stump, right? Like the giving tree, the book. Yeah, you know, the, absolutely. The, the Shel Silverstein book. Um, yeah, but, um, yeah, I think, uh, paying, uh, homage to a, a living tree is, is a nice thing. Absolutely. You know? As maybe it sounds cliche, you know, because uh, a lot of people build and sell furniture like this and they all have the same story. Like, oh, it's 100 years old and, you know, every piece of wood is different, blah, blah, blah. Like some some of the terms get overused, but right. I really, I, I do actually, <laughs> believe it or not, I feel very strongly about recycling trees, you know. Without and, a doubt. Uh, and, and it speaks through your work. And, you know, talking about the slabs, talking about all that process, it doesn't stop there because these bases that you create, and I've even seen you, you know, when you're, you're like, oh, somebody wants a metal base. I guess I got to figure this out. Like, you know, watching all these things. I mean, you know, what, what goes into that process? Because, you know, you're, you're now using other materials, sure. you know, you're not just, you know, using not just wood. wood. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's where that's where um, some conversations with my wife either happen or don't happen, <laughs> right? Like, um, I don't know if she'll listen to this or not, but the, the welder that I just bought was uh, not cheap. <laughs> um, but I've always oh, by the way, you yeah, got you got to do yeah, welder. By, yeah, by the way, no, yeah, sorry if you're listening, babe. I'm sorry, you know, <laughs> no Disney vacation this year, right? right? <laughs> but um, I actually I worked with my father-in-law doing. Um, trail repair like 18 wheelers you know the big boxes we'd repair the roll-up doors and the undercarriage and everything about them you get in accidents we'd repair them uh, so i learned how to weld from him okay um and he actually he, he could tell that i liked it so for one christmas probably you know 10 years ago he bought me a little like suitcase welder the little 110 volt thing that you can you know like a harbor freight kind yeah. of a uh, little cheap thing just so i could mess around at home right and that thing actually lasted me up until a couple months ago. 
you know, um, I would always say, oh, I'm not a great welder. I'm still not a great welder, but uh, this new machine definitely makes me look like I'm a lot more talented than I really am. Uh, that uh, that little welder was very difficult to use. Uh, so, but this just opened up the door for right. all these new designs and things that I can do. Use thicker material. Um, like that, the, one of the last posts that I made, um, it was a, another white epoxy table. Yep. Uh, and the base was like these like X's, but like an extreme angle, like a sixty-five degree angle X. So it was a really wide stance base, and you can't really the material that you have to use if you're you know cantilevering that much weight over a single point in the center you know that takes a pretty strong weld and a thick piece of material so right. you know it's something i wouldn't have been able to do before with the other one but no know, it's it's, it's the a, evolution you know no it's, it's incredible i mean the evolution of your brand of, of everything i mean sure. and from from start to finish and i mean and i feel like you're just getting started <laughs> because everything that you're doing it's just like always getting to that next level like there's no i i mean just from a viewer viewer's perspective i mean there's nothing that is stopping you there's nothing that you're not i feel like a challenge is like more exciting for you versus just like oh, i'm making a table today yeah. and you know it's, it's simple design yeah I, um working out of your comfort zone sometimes it's overrated sometimes it's necessary you know right <clears throat> um, i'm working on some stuff now actually uh that is definitely outside my comfort zone um some cabinets you know things like that cabinets with you know with glass incorporated in them and and uh, other things like that that i can't really talk about yet but um, <laughs> it's uh it's it'll be uh the challenge has been accepted you know and i hope that um you know I have the opportunity to to really do that you know make something that's uh, up to my standards right you know absolutely uh, no, that's exciting. So, you know, talking about design, you know, because it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, looking to replicate something that you saw that's, um, you know, that you saw in Crate and Barrow, West Down, whatever it might be, or saw on, on online, but also interior designers. You know, they come up with crazy ideas. They want something very specific. <laughs> I know that you work with some designers, yeah. um, you know, you know, you, you are accessible to everybody sure. um, in what you do. Yeah. So I, I have to, I have to be at least lately, you know, I don't want to sound uh, pompous or anything, but like, I, I really have to kind of pick and choose lately. Right. Because for a long time I, I wanted to be available to everybody, you know, right. uh, and, and take on, you know, any project and, and make other people's problems into my own problems and be a problem solver and, and, and provide. And, um, you know, I'm at the I'm at the point now, fortunately and unfortunately, um, that I uh, I have to kind of, you know, pick <laughs> pick right. jobs and actually say no for once in my life. I have to like say no to people, and, right. it, and I hate it. I hate having to say no to to somebody who's got like a relatively small project that might be you know kind of a pain in the butt to install. Right. I'll just have me like, nah, you know, maybe I can. I have a small network of people that I know down here. Maybe I could, uh, right. you know. I hand it off to somebody else that could help you. But, I, you know, unfortunately I'm, I'm booked until whatever, February, March. Uh, so I, I'm going to, you know, have to pass. And I always like, before I press send on a message, like, right. that, I'm like, this is going to need it more than it hurts them, you know, kind of thing. Absolutely. But, um, yeah. So just, you know, you said uh, you're available to everybody. I am available to everybody. Um, but the soul of my company is 
you know, I'm one guy, right. You know, I'm literally one guy and I already have a full-time job. Like I'm, I'm a high right. school teacher. Uh, and I would like to see my family every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's a lot for, it, it's a lot for one person. So I'm learning how to throttle that back and right. just be, you know, enough for one person. So I don't, get burned out. No, for sure. No, that's important. And, you know, there's so many different trends and everything out there. But, you know, we've talked about a lot of different areas today from your personal experience, um, you know, as far as selection of product, about moisture reading, uh, epoxy, you know, what would you say are the top could be two tips, three tips, five tips, you know, somebody wants live edge furniture, you know, What should they be asking specific or looking for? You know, obviously moisture reading is one. Sure. But to leave with everybody that's listening to this, what would you see? What are your top tips? I would I would make sure that you really vibe with the person that you're hiring. Right. You know, if if your initial conversations don't feel uh, natural, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? To, uh, then I don't just find somebody else. You know, like I said, there's a lot of people. And the the beautiful thing about Instagram is that you can literally see someone's entire body of work right, you know, in the comfort of your own home. Right. You can just look at it. And and um, that's, I feel like I, I ref, refer people to my Instagram almost immediately. It's like, hey, I heard you build furniture. Uh, wonder if, you know, I have a project uh, that you, you know, maybe you could help me out with. And I'm like, all right, well, what is it? Oh, we want a table. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah I'm, my business is named the Evolution of Tables. That's kind of my thing. <laughs> um, what style are you looking for? Oh, we don't really know. All right, check out this website. Even if they don't have Instagram, I love it because you can treat it like a website. Right. You just say www.instagram.com slash PJ Fetcher. And um, they're like, oh, well, we really like this one. If this is a in a perfect world, this is how it right. goes. You know, we really like this one. I'm like, oh, yeah, that one was... Uh, delivered X amount of dollars. Uh, I use this. I use that. That tree came from so and so. It's you know I cut it down, and whatever. Okay, great. How long does it take? I don't know. Two two weeks, three weeks, something like that to for let the epoxy cure and I'll weld up the base and blah blah blah. Make sure that you uh, make sure that you 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 vibe with the with the person. Right. You know, look at their body of work. See what their style is. See if they're, uh, you know, the equipment that they have, if they're capable right. of, of doing it. I know, like, pushing people uh, into their, their zone of proximal development, pushing them past their limits is a good thing. But from from the consumer standpoint, if, if I was hiring somebody to build me an epoxy table, I kind of wouldn't want them to be experimenting on my <laughs> <Right>. table. <laughs> like I, you know, I want to know for sure that they know what they're doing, kind right. of. I, I do give people the benefit of the doubt, but, uh, you know, I want to know for yeah. sure. Oh, for I'm sure. A couple, <laughs> couple grand for a table. Like I, I want it to be good. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's one thing, the moisture thing. Um, and you said moisture reading between 7% and 10%, right? Around, yeah. Somewhere around 10%. Okay. South Florida's funny, yeah. uh, because we're obviously statistically higher humidity year round than the rest of the country. Uh, so it's a little bit more difficult. If you do buy, let's say you buy uh, stuff from Pennsylvania or whatever, you buy some walnut slabs from Pennsylvania right. and you have them shipped down and they're guaranteed six or 7% moisture content up there. As soon as they come down here, they're going to absorb some of that ambient moisture. Right. And like, wait a minute, it's, it's 12% now. What <laughs> happened? No, that that's still okay. Right. So 
plus or minus. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, just keep in mind that, uh, you know, whenever you are, you know, looking, o- looking over your product with a fine tooth comb after you get it, you know, natural, natural defects right. are just that natural defects. You know, uh, I feel like a lot of people are used to, most people are used to manufactured stuff where right. it's perfect. All the edges are, are flawless. Um, there's patterns. There's, you know, the, the finish on the top is perfectly smooth. Not that, you know, not that a table that I make isn't perfectly smooth, but like, yeah, there's maybe a little pinhole here and there. Maybe after a couple of years, there might be a little uh, spider crack or something that develops. Like, of course, wood is still, in my opinion, wood is still like a living thing. It's still right. going to be moving. It's still going to be breathing. Even if it's got epoxy around it, it's still a thing. It's not like a, it's not this. It's not right. a countertop. Uh, so, so yeah, just um, go into it. If you've never had a piece of wood furniture in your house, you have to go into it with an open mind. There's certain things that you uh, don't want to do to it. Treat it like a, treat it like an expensive piece of furniture. Right. You know? Every time I've I've pulled the the shrink wrap off a table at a client's home, they they go through their oh my god this is so gorgeous I can't even I, I don't even want to touch it it's so beautiful like um, they're like okay how do I clean it right you know pledge right whatever Windex I don't you know it's fine just wipe it off it's fine right um, should we use coasters yes yeah absolutely <laughs> even though the finish that I put on is like you know the industry standard. Uh, it's an ML Campbell product, like very good, you know, rock solid clear coat that goes on top. You know, you just paid again a decent amount of money for this table. Right. Use a coaster. Right. right, right. <laughs> uh, use a use a placemat. Right. You know, if you're serving hot food or something like that, like you know, take care of it. Don't let the kids grind a fork into it. Right. Or anything. <laughs> you know, ask me how I know. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I think we all can relate to that. <laughs> with kids, they're gonna do things like that. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's it. Um, you know, I usually say I'm a man of few words, but I feel like I didn't stop talking. The whole no, time. You, you no, And it's, it's amazing to hear from your perspective. And the one other thing that I was wondering and just quick fire, yeah. your favorite species to work with. Rosewood. Rosewood. Yeah. Amazing. My For my, any reason? My, my is daughter's it? middle name is Rose. <laughs> that's a good reason. <laughs> you can't you can't come back after that. I mean, yeah. so if anyone's looking for a rosewood table, I yeah. think we found the, I, the guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have some. I have a couple pieces left. Yeah, it's it's pretty rare. Yeah, uh, down here. Yeah, rosewoods. It's gorgeous. Um, I've uh, I actually made a bowl from rosewood. I turn a bowl on the lathe and I eat breakfast out of that bowl every morning. That's amazing. For the last like four years. <laughs> yeah. So so it's durable it's, and yeah yeah. yeah I, Wash, you know, every time I use it, I wash it, yeah, and it's just a just a solid, solid piece of wood. That's awesome. Uh, that that white uh, river table. That was rosewood. That was rosewood. Oh wow, a piece of rosewood down the middle. Yeah, yeah. We're we're gonna post a picture of this table because we've spoken about it a few times. So we'll we'll <laughs> post about table. that so that way everyone can know. But no, I mean, all the all your work is inspiring. Is there anything that you want to leave us with? Uh, we we talked about a lot of different things from you know you your business product how to spec product what to know i mean is there anything else uh geez i I really can't think of anything else but uh you know thank you for listening anyone who's listening yeah absolutely thank you uh thank you adam for for having me and um you know again if anybody needs to to contact even if even if you want me to build anything for you if you have a question about uh you know how it works or or my opinion on something 
you know, send me a, send me an email, send me a DM. And again, uh, your contact information, email, email is, is uh, very heavy tables at gmail.com. All one word, very heavy tables. And, uh, or my Instagram is at PJ underscore Fetcher. And by the way, thank you for spelling it correctly. I was, I was really impressed that you spelled it right. Uh, F-E-T, sorry, F-E-T-S-C-H-E-R. There's a hidden S in there. Yes. Yeah. No, because I mean, your work is incredible. I know that anybody that goes to your page, they're going to be inspired. They're going to be able to see exactly what you do. And they're going to be able to get to know the man behind the table because, you know, there's a lot that goes into that. And, and, you know, going back to like knowing who you're working with and this goes for everything in life. You want to know people do business with people and yes, yeah, that's important. That's a really good point. Very good point. So, Um, yeah. So just, yeah, you got a vibe, got a 100 person, man. You you really have to, I agree. Um, speaks to what we do. Our business is the home show, which is why we believe so much in, vibing with somebody with knowing the person that you're doing business with because ultimately you know that's who you're going to be coming back to if they're installing something in your home or if they're in your home or whatever it might be in life know who you're doing business with because that's what is most important yeah but pj can't thank you enough Thank you for so much for coming in here. You know, this episode is incredible. I know people are going to be inspired, but definitely check out PJ, the evolution of tables at PJ underscore Fetcher, F-E-T-S-C-H-E-R. Um, but until next time, check us out on our website at homeshows.net. Check out homedesignpodcast.com and make sure you follow us at at FL Home Shows. Um, Subscribe to our channel to get all of the latest in home design and home improvement. But until next time, stay tuned for the next episode.